We are in a series that's all about trust right now. And I honestly, whenever I was originally thinking of the title of my message and like the direction that I wanted to go with my message, it was kind of in a different direction. And then last night, I was doing my devotional and God just gave me this download. And so what I'm believing is that God knew who was going to be here tonight and that this is a word specifically for you. So if you could just hang with me for just a little bit, I have three points for you, but I kind of want to give you context to the points because you may have never really dove into this certain story in the Bible, but I just want to start off by talking about pretty basic stuff. Like all of us have either asked ourselves or somebody else, do you trust in God, right? Like we've all either said that or heard that from somebody and we've maybe even asked ourselves after that, can I trust in God? <laughs> because I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of messages or I've, I've read certain things in the Bible that says trust in God and I've thought to myself, how do I do that? And then the answer is always, well, trust in God, which doesn't really give me something to work with, right? So I think sometimes we're wondering, how do I trust in God? And you know, the interesting thing is, is that whether you realize it or not, you're trusting in something. So when you're not trusting in God, you have to ask yourself, who am I trusting in and why? Which that's kind of scary. Like, I don't know about you, but it kind of scares me to think that whenever I'm working on trusting in God, I'm actually putting my trust in something else or someone else. And the best place to put your trust in is with God, right? So it's easy to trust God to give us what we want, how we want it, when we want it, but it's harder to trust him when things aren't working out the way we had planned. Like, I don't know about you, but I know that for me in my life, and I've talked to different people that have faced the same thing, but they're like, man, it was so easy to trust God with this, but then this came up, and it's not even that big of a deal, and it's so difficult for me to trust God with this. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, maybe you have one area of your life, and it's like, oh yeah, God, just take it, do whatever you're gonna do with it. And then this other area, whether it's big or small, you're like, mm, I've got this one. <laughs> and it's just a funny thought process to me because if we think about it, a lot of time God's best and when he thinks what he should do that's right, actually all the time it's never on our timetable. Like if you wanna know what God's timing is, it's never yours. And um, a lot of times I think in my life I get frustrated because I'm like, well, God, when's your timing going to be? Because I'm like sitting <laughs> there trying to figure out, like, is it in two years? Is it in two minutes? Like, am I going to be ready? And the thing is, he's God, so he knows when's the exact perfect time. And we have to release that control. And life's going to go a lot better if we stop focusing on what has happened to us and we begin to focus on our response to what's happened to us. You know, I think for me, that's like a really easy thing to say, but even right now in my life, it's something that I'm working on in like a huge way because it's easy, like, I don't know, if I don't really know somebody and they give me a bad look in the grocery store, I'm not going to walk away, go get in my car and be like, man, what a jerk. They really hurt my feelings. I can't believe they looked at me that way. I don't know that person. But if my husband was to like look at me a certain way, I'd be like, hey, don't you love me? You know, like it's different with different people and it's different with different situations and circumstances because you think, well, God's a good God. He loves me. Why would he let this happen? Well, God's a good God. Why would he let me go through this? And you think sometimes you categorize 
like we, we all do this, we categorize the goodness of God or if God's for you based on the circumstances we go through. But we should never do that because God is out, like outside and inside of our circumstance. So he's outside of our circumstance in such a way that he's actually working on it for our behalf, but he's inside it in such a way that when we invite him, we get his authority. But he's not the one that's making those things happen that are bad. In the midst of the bad, he's the one that's making things happen for our good, but we have to turn over the reins in order for him to be able to do that. And a lot of times we don't see those good things start to happen because we still have those circumstances in our power and in our control. And so what happens is that our responses don't line up with the truth that we know, so the truth that we know doesn't come out in our life. And then we get frustrated. I'm gonna tell you about this vision that I had the other day. I actually, in like my recent life, have only had like two visions that I can remember. One was in October 2015, and God like literally showed me when I would get engaged and when I was getting married, like in the same vision. It was in young adults. So if you want a vision, stay here. Because it happened. I was on the front row. It was during a giving segment at the end. It would, I don't even know what happened. It was just God. I was in the right place, right? But the next one was on a Wednesday night at the beginning of this month. And I was sitting there, and I've been going through a time that's like a very internally struggle. Like, it's a very internal struggle for me because I'm learning to harness my responses. And, like, for me, that's a very difficult battle. So no matter what happens in my life, it's like I can look back and be like, well, I handled that okay. I didn't handle this okay. Like, I have all these different levels in my head of, like, I did okay there. You know, I think somehow that weighs on the future because I did well in the past. But it's like we got to do well today. And so I'm, I've been struggling with going, okay, I'm going to handle my responses right. I'm going to handle my responses right. And in the middle of Pastor Keith talking, I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know if you've ever had a vision or anything like that. But it's like you're there, but, like, you're not there. It's like a movie screen just drops down. And you're like... You know, it's like somewhere in here. I don't know. At least that's how it happens for me. Um, and so I'm sitting there in service, and I'm totally fully engaged, but then all of a sudden God's like, I have something to say to you, and I'm in a dark room. And I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I and like walked into a house, and you don't know where the light switches are, but that's what happened. I'm like walking into this dark room, and it's not like kind of lit like in here. It's dark, like pitch black. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Okay, at first I'm like, where's the switch? I gotta find the switch. I'm like bumping into stuff. I'm like trying to find the switch. All of a sudden I'm like, where is the freaking switch? And I'm like starting to get upset because I'm like, there has to be one. Like, there has to be one. And then all of a sudden I realize it's an action motivated switch. And all I had to do was move, like an actual movement, not just like, you know what I mean, trying to find a switch. And all of a sudden the light would come on. And God spoke to me in that moment and he said, this is how your life is. If you would just take action and move and stop trying to find the switch, the light would be turned on in your life and I would show up. And I started thinking, man, how many situations in my life Am I looking for the light switch? I'm looking for the reason why. I'm trying to figure out why God's letting me go through this, why this is happening to me. And I'm like, I want to find the light. And God's like, I am the light, so just move and I'll show up. And so that's kind of what inspired this message, but I want you to keep that picture in your mind as I continue to talk. So in John 5, we're like introduced to this story of a man who basically has been sitting by a pool for many years trying to get healed. He's, he can't walk, he's totally crippled, okay? And he, he's waiting for what's technically not like a 
godly scenario where people like by the God's not our God, okay? They're, they're like supposedly getting healed in this pool of water, okay? So he's like waiting to, I guess, just be kicked in because he can't move. I don't really know. So basically Jesus comes by one time and he sees him and obviously he knows things. So he knows that he's been um, ill for a very long time and he asks him, he says, would you like to get well? I mean, this guy doesn't know who Jesus is, but I mean, if anybody asked me that and I was like laying on the ground, I'd be like, sure, <laughs> you know? Uh, so Jesus says, would you like to get well? And he goes, I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool whenever the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him three things. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow it. You to keep, you, the law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man was like, I don't know. For Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But after, Jesus like a sniper when it came to healing. He's like, pick up your mat and walk. And he's like, <laughs> so the man didn't know. But later on, Jesus found the man in the temple and he told him, now that you are well, stop sinning or something even worse will happen to you. The man then went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. A couple things I'm going to break down throughout the message in this scripture, because there's a lot there, okay, is what could have happened if the man would have stuck with his initial answer of, I can't. He could have said variations of that, like, do you want to be healed? I don't know. <laughs> do you want to be healed? It's impossible. Do you want to be healed? Well, I have other plans how I can get healed. Um, do you want to get healed? Stand up pick up your mat and walk. Well, that's an inconvenience because I can't really move. He would not have received his miracle. And so many times in our life, we have an excuse like, well, I can't really have a good attitude because I've been through this. Or, you know, well, I've been abused or I've been left or I've been this, so I can't, I can't really receive the love of God. I can't. It's, it's just too hard. Like, I can't forgive myself and, and I just can't. And we have all these excuses and God's like, do you want it? Like, do you, do you want what I have for you or do you not? Because we have all of these different answers around us in the world. Well, if you go out and party with your friends, it's going to make you feel, feel better. Well, if you just take a hit of this, it's going to make you feel better. That lasts like this long. And then you're lower than you ever were. Oh, well, just get the hottest girl you can. Sleep with her. It's, that'll make you feel more manly. No. Oh, get the best guy you can find. That's going to make you feel hotter? No. It lasts for like this long, okay? People have these things, and we have these things in our mind, like if I just get married, if I just find the dream job, if I just can get this, then I'll be happy. Getting what you want will not make you happy, and getting what you want will not help you trust God. And then the next step was after his initial answer that, he gave Jesus, Jesus basically doesn't really ask him, he just tells him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Why did he have to walk? Wasn't getting up enough of a miracle? Like, why did he have to pick up his mat, and why did he have to walk? Like, walking is not like, 
Like, walking is like, okay, I'm going to go. Like, you know, you're not like jogging in place. Like, he said, pick up your mat and walk. That meant go. Where did he end up? He ended up in church where he met Jesus again and found out who he was. So many times in our life, God delivers from a situation, and where do we go? We go right back to where we were. We never find Jesus again. The reason why he was able to figure out who the man was that healed him is because he came to the place where he was drawn. All of us reach a point in our life, and if you haven't had that yet, this is that moment for you, where you feel like this pull of like, I need to let go of some stuff. I need to get better. I want more than what I have right now in my life. And it's gonna require you leaving the thing that you were laying beside, leaving the thing that you were comfortable in, leaving the thing, like the state that you were in, like laying down's cool. Like if you're standing all day, me and Cole were watching this movie the other day and there's these guys, they're in the Taliban, they're like standing on these rocks with guns. I'm like, imagine if that was your job. Like all day you stood on the side of a cliff with a gun. He's like, well, they switch in and out. And I was like, still, <laughs> like imagine you're in the desert. Like imagine if that was your job. Like laying down to that guy would have been cool. He's like, I would lay down for 35 years like the man who couldn't walk. You know, like that sounds pretty nice to me. But like imagine in our life, if you're offended, if you're hurt, if you've been rejected to get out of that, takes a lot of freaking trust because we feel comfortable in our pain. We feel comfortable in what we've been in. And so what happens? I believe that God literally gave us those three actions so that we can see him not only change our world, but change our world as he changes the world in us. The world can be changed through us if the world inside of us can change. So a lot of times we have this thing made up in our mind of, well, that's just the way it is. You know, it's just what I have to deal with. You know, I, I'm sick. I just have to, I, I don't know. It's just the burden I have to bear. Like for me, I, I always say that this way, but I'm currently being healed of two autoimmune diseases. That's all I know of right now that I have. But like for me, I know at some point I'm going to be healed. So I don't go, well, I have and claim them. I have two autoimmune diseases. I don't ever speak about things that way. Well, I have been divorced. Well, I have been rejected. Whenever you do that, you're owning it. And that's not like what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to own that kind of stuff. What he wants you to own is he's God. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any situation. So I have a God that can do exceedingly abundantly but what, whatever I could ask or think. And so what are these three things? Number one, obviously, stand up. Just like the man in the scripture, we have a plan most of the time. We have a plan for how we're going to live our life. We have a plan for what we're going to do. We think we can fix things. Like, I am dumb enough to think I can fix things instead of God. Like, why? I don't know. Like, I don't know why I think that at all. And if we don't have a plan, we want God to fix it, change it, and make it better right now, or else he's not God. I don't know about you, but I've felt that way before. I'm like, well, God, if you don't change it, I just don't know. I don't know if you can really do it. Maybe it's not what he wants to do right now. Initially, the man in John 5 had a plan to get his healing. He was going to be rolled, I guess, into a pool. Hopefully he didn't drown. God's plan just required his action. He didn't have to go in a bubbling pool with mythical gods. Someone roll him in. All he had to do was get up. What if the whole time, I don't know, what if he could get up the whole time and he just never had anybody tell him? 
A lot of times in our life, we're resisting God and we're resisting healing and we're resisting miracles. And if we would just take action, you wouldn't have to have a speaker prophesy over you. You wouldn't have to get a word. You wouldn't have to have a vision because you could just live in the truth. And the Bible says the truth will set you free. So what's the opposite of that? If you like live the truth, believe the truth, and the truth sets you free, what's the opposite? A curse. So if you don't live in the truth, you're living under a curse. Why do you think bad things keep happening? Because you're not living and believing the truth and you're not set free. It's when we realize in our life that God's always right <laughs> that we can actually respond better to all things in life. I'm glad the man got up. What if he didn't? We wouldn't have that story to look at. I wouldn't have been challenged by that story. And someone maybe is waiting on you to get up. Instead of resisting God, we should be resting in the truth, and that is that God knows what he's doing. Then there are times that our situation isn't changed in an instant. Like, we weren't just healed in a moment, like I said, get up. Sometimes it's a prolonged years and years, maybe our whole life. What if God doesn't change and fix it or remove it right away? Well, let me tell you the answer to that. It's because he intends to use it. That's why he hasn't removed it. And if you can trust him throughout the whole process, you're gonna see in the end why it was there. If God needed to remove it for you to accomplish what he has for you, he would have taken it away. And even when your situation doesn't seem to be changing, God can change you in the situation for the better if you keep being faithful. Well, I think we've all heard this or said this. <laughs> I have. Well, I've done all I can do. Now I just have to trust God. Why did it take me doing all that I can do and fail until I decided to trust God? How many times do we say that? How many times do we live that? We're like, well, I've done everything. Now I just have to rely on my last ditch effort of God who created me and everything and knows all the answers, but I guess I'll finally rely on him. How dumb is that? We are not that smart sometimes. We should have done it from the start. Why did it take us so long to get out of our own way until we trusted God? You see, trusting God leads to a lifestyle of obedience. Trusting yourself leads to a lifestyle of destruction. If you believe God, you should trust, which means obey him. Moses disobeyed God and God told him this in Numbers 20, 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because if you don't know it, Moses couldn't speak on his own because he had a stutter and he was insecure. So God had to use his brother. That's why he was talking to both of them. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me and because you did not honor me as holy before the people, you will not lead them into the land I gave them. Moses never got to go into the promised land and actually neither did anybody in his age range because Moses didn't honor and believe God enough to take action. He let his anger get in the way. He let his frustration get in the way. I don't wanna be that kind of person that I never see the promised land in my life because I let my selfishness get in the way. Sometimes God uses people, situations, and things to develop us. Don't get frustrated. Stay in peace. Let God do his work and work it out so he can use you. In Proverbs 3, 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, when we hear the thing, like the statement, fear the Lord, it kind of sounds weird. Like, ah, should I be scared? No, fear the Lord there means honor, have confidence in, have thankfulness. So let me read that again with you having that in mind. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you're smarter than God. Instead, honor, have confidence in, be thankful to God, and push away evil. 
Do not miss the purpose in your process. Imagine if the guy who was laying down by the pool would have been like, you know, not only am I not sure if I can be healed, but now I've been healed and my leaders in the Jewish community are mad at me because now I'm walking carrying something on the Sabbath. Maybe I should just stop. No, he didn't stop. What did he do after that? He went straight to church. He was like, well, I don't know. God told me to, so I'm doing it. Sometimes you just gotta do that. Well, I feel like God told me to, so I'm just gonna do it. I know it wasn't me, so I'm gonna be faithful. I'm not gonna let people discourage me or things push me back. I'm not gonna get frustrated. I'm just gonna keep going with what I know, and that's the truth. 2 Timothy 1.14 says, guard the good deposit that was entrusted in you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. It's gonna take the help of the Holy Spirit to help you guard the good that's been put inside of you. The world, the enemy, people around you are gonna try to take all the good you have, and you protecting it is not gonna save it. You giving it to God is gonna save it. So every good part that you have, every talent that you have, that's why we do giving in church. People think it's about money and it's not. Like if we could rephrase that for you and help you out, how much of your heart does God have? Not how much of your dollars, how much of your heart does God have? Because we're so freaked out about money, so God says give me money. But if it was sheep, he'd be like, give me your sheep. Oh, you love trees, give me some of your trees. Oh, okay, you, you love paper, give me some of that, which is basically what money is. It's like you could just burn. Like, think about that. Like, we, we get upset because we're not gonna give God our paper. What? That shows where your heart is. If you give God your paper, it shows he has your heart. When God has your heart, he can bless you. That's really the equation of tithing. So back in the day, it was like livestock. That's why they did livestock, just so you know. So number two, pick up your past. When Jesus healed the man who couldn't walk in John 5, it's interesting that he tells him to pick up his mat. It's because it was a part of his healing process. God uses where we came from, what we've done, who we were, as a reminder of what he has done and can still do in our life. That means that there are times that we don't see the use of the things that stick with us. Like for me, I don't know if all of you know my story, but I don't really like listing out all the time. Yeah, I was molested when I was younger. Oh yeah, I dealt with a pedophile. Oh yeah, then I married a guy and he had an affair on me and left me and then I got a divorce. Hmm. I don't wanna be that woman. But if I get so upset that I never talk about it when people need it, and if I don't actually let God move me in moments when he needs to move me, other people are not gonna see the revelation of God. So sometimes we have to pick up our mat and carry it off with us so that other people can go, why are you carrying that mat? And we're like, hey, a guy told me to. He healed me. How, did, how was he gonna share his story if he was never carrying his mat? Sometimes we get upset because we've not, we've not found the purpose in our past because we didn't trust God with it. So we're trying to figure out why this happened. God, why'd you let this happen? Instead of saying, God, who are you? What's your character? What do you have planned for me? Not situational. We're like so limited, we just talk about situations instead of the whole picture. And God's like, I'm trying to get you to go to the whole picture here. What looks like a hindrance in our life becomes an asset with God. The mat that he was lying on as a cripple represents what was. It's a reminder that we must rely on God because in our own strength and power, we can do very little. This man didn't even know who Jesus was. Like, you don't even have to believe in God for him to do a miracle in your life if you just take action. How crazy is that? 
Like, do you really think, I don't know if you've ever seen like all those videos and pictures of people in different countries doing these huge revivals, no one's speaking the same language, they're having a translator. Do you think that that man on the stage is doing the work? No, it's God. And God does the same thing with us, he draws us. You don't have to know the whole Bible. Heck, I don't even know half of it to quote to you right now, and I'm a pastor. I know a lot of it, but I'm not very good with verses. But what I'll tell you is I know enough of it to apply it and to get it in my heart and use it in my life. And all God wants you to do is be drawn enough that he can actually do something in your life. If you don't ever open yourself up enough that God can actually get in there, you're never gonna see his power be realized in your life. So you don't have to know who God is for him to do a miracle in your life. Sometimes it's the pain and the reality of what's happened to you that doesn't go away, but it, God keeps it fresh not to hurt us, but to help us to be able to have a fresh word for others. You know, it's, it's incredible. Sometimes, like, like, honestly, I feel like I've lived, like, five different lives. And it, for some of you that have been through some deep stuff, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, I don't even feel like that was my life. Like, who was that? Like, I don't even know. But it's like, in a moment, if someone comes up to me, and this happened, we were on the missions trip with the interns. This lady came up to me crying. She's like, I want to talk to you. She doesn't know me, she doesn't know my story. Translator comes up to me, talks to me, says basically her husband had left her, she has kids, he had cheated on her, she's trying to figure out what to do. All of a sudden I instantly start crying. God brought back my pain, like so vulnerable in a moment where I can connect with her, but not just that. He brought back the goodness of him so that I could remember what he did for me and how it felt. And sometimes we get upset that our pain is so like close to us still. If your pain is close to you, your purpose will be close to you. And sometimes we're waiting on God to heal us. We want him to take away the issue or the pain or remove the thing that's getting in our way and yet we forget the Bible shows us how to deal with our weakness and hardship. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, seven through 10, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, he is strong. If I can remember my pain, if I can remember the power that God intervened in my life and interjected in my life, I can sit there and I can tell somebody, God can do it for you. But if I'm so far away from it and I don't remember what it was like to pick up my mat, how am I gonna ever connect with somebody? I'll be like, yeah, God's a good God, let him, let him do stuff. That's why God keeps that stuff fresh. Don't get angry at it, embrace it. Let God use it, let God give it a purpose. Number three, walk. Now, we're always talking about, can I trust God? You should trust God. But here's another question. Can God trust you? This was very confronting to me whenever I was thinking about this. Can God trust me? Can God trust me with what I've been through? Can God trust me not just with my blessings, but the hard times? Can God trust me in my dark places? Am I going to go straight to doubt or am I going to go to faith? Am I gonna choose to believe that he's a God that's bigger than anything else I've ever been through, that he can control, that he can handle, that he can set me free? Can God trust you? Because I know for me, if I've ever talked to somebody who's been through some deep stuff, you know what it makes me do? It not only makes me endeared to them, but it makes me go, wow, God trusted you with that story. And it can be revelational in your life because it's no longer a victim mentality. It's no longer this happened to me. Oh, this person did this to me and you don't know what I've been through and you don't know. It's, you know what God led me through? You know what God did in me? You know where God brought me from? You're not gonna ever have that kind of story if you're a victim. 
A victim mindset is in the flesh. A victorious mindset takes you leading your spirit. The things that happen in our life, even the good things at times, can cause us to be in a place where things are not easy. You know sometimes even the best things in life, like a puppy, it's hard work. Okay? Like, all, everybody in here uh, who's married, raise your hand. Okay, that means everyone else isn't. I'm talking to you. All of you, at some point or another, don't lie, you think, if I just get married, I'll be fine. If I just know who I'm going to marry, it'll be fine. Don't lie. I know I was there like a year ago, okay? Let me just tell you, with every blessing comes something else that'll demand out of you. You think if I just get this, if I just get here, if I just get that, I'll be fine. No, if you just get there, it's going to demand a whole nother you. You single you is alone and you are fine on your own, right? That's enough to deal with. But then you with somebody else compounded with you dealing with you, with their, them dealing with them with God is a whole different thing. Can the married people say amen? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean you don't like your spouse. It means you just have to look at yourself in a real way. So you can say amen to that. Okay. So we think that if we get what we want, everything's going to be okay. But as soon as we get our healing, as soon as we get what we want, then God says, oh, yeah, pick up your mat. Okay, we're going to trust God, but then we have to act. So we get our healing, our miracle, and then God wants action out of us. Like, how much more is he going to ask? Like, yeah, what? Like, Psalms 37.3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord, take action which is good. Psalms 84, 12 says, blessed is the one who trusts in you. If you want to be blessed, don't just trust God. Take action. When it's time to use what we've been given, then it becomes an inconvenience sometimes. Like, I know for me, it's like, I've been through stuff, and I've been through this battle, I've been through this season, and all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I conquered it, done. <laughs> And then God's like, now I'm, I need you to use that and build on it. And I'm like, what? I'm tired. Like, I just conquered all this stuff, and now you want me to conquer more things? Not on your own. You don't have to do it on your own. So we could think like, God, like, I just got healed. Uh, I just started this job. Uh, I just got married. Um, I just came to church. Like, <laughs> why are you asking all these things out of me? I'm just getting over this pain. And you want more? And you know what that can lead to? It's frustration. How many of you have ever been frustrated? How many of you are frustrated today? Uh, yeah, me too. Okay. Frustration is the byproduct of testing when you do not rely on God. So if you're having a fruit of frustration, that's a key indicator. You're not trusting in God and relying on God. When you are subject to frustration, your reality of the situation is all that matters. Your reality. Frustration, literally the etymology of the word frustration, is deception. Let me say that again. The etymology of the word frustration is a deception. <laughs> Your frustration is a deception. It's not even real. If you just took five seconds and like walked away, you'd be like, I'm fine. Stop, breathe, count to three. You know, stop, breathe, count to three. Yeah. Peace is the only thing that can overwhelm frustration. Peace is the only thing that can overwhelm frustration. When you are subject to peace, God's reality is made bigger than anything else. I want God's reality over my own. The etymology of peace means to come into agreement. Who do you think that agreement's with? When you come into agreement with God, you're free. 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You have everything you need to overcome anything. Jesus, even in the middle of being treated badly, chose to do good. If he's our example, that's what we have to do too. In Acts 10, 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. If God is with you, you do good. It's a fruit. Trust in God and do good. You see, you cannot be promoted without preparation. Your preparation is can you act on what you believe? Can you trust and then do good? Trusting God to do something is different than trusting God through something. Do you guys get that? Trusting God to do something is different than trusting him through something. If you're like, oh, I just need this one thing, and like, that's a different thing. If you're like in a process, which, you know, we've all found ourselves, it's a whole different thing to trust him through something. And the only way you learn to trust God is trust him in action. Doing good is the action. So I'm just going to end with this. In Hebrews 12, it talks about everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And I don't know if you've ever heard that scripture. I'm paraphrasing right now. But basically, God will shake everything that can be shaken in your life until all that remains is him. So if they left you, they needed to go. Because they can't go with you to your next level, and God knew it. If you got fired from that job, hopefully it wasn't because you were dumb. But hopefully you can know even if you are dumb, God's going to use it for your good. And he has something better for you if you kick your own butt. <laughs> no matter what happens in your life, if you cause it, if you don't cause it, the cool thing is, is that God helps us out. He fills the gaps. And God often pulls us out of our comfort zone so we can grow deeper into him. No matter what season we're in, God's with us. Many times, the things that we think are good aren't good. And the things that we think aren't good, God can work out for our good when we trust him. The less of other things we have, the more room we have for God. I can't tell you how many times, okay, I run the internship. You should be an intern. Everyone should be an intern. It's the best thing. Um, not just because you get a degree in two years, but because it's awesome, okay, and you do a lot of things and you travel and God loves you. Okay, so, but a lot of times I have interns when they join the internship, they're like, all my friends are leaving me. Um, I don't have any of my same friends. And they get really concerned about that. If God is removing things out of your life, I don't care what it is, he's making more room for him. Anytime you feel like you're lonely, anytime you feel like you're being pulled away, if you think about any great person in the Bible, Moses, David, Joseph, anybody, God pulled them away either into a cave, prison, Paul, same thing, he went to prison, if, if God was pulling someone away, he was pulling them away to prepare them. He was preparing them, not just for an upgrade, but for something greater. But it took them being willing to trust God in that preparation season, in that season that they didn't like, that wasn't comfortable, for God to then do a work in them so they could do a work in the world. If God can't do a work in you, how are you going to do anything great? God burns up everything that is useless and uses everything else that's worth keeping. He sets it on fire for his glory. So what you can know is if you have this feeling of like, I'm in a season where things aren't working out, the plans that I had aren't working out, 
Don't strive and try to roll yourself into a bubbling pool. Just get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Most of the time we know what God's telling us to do, but it makes us scared or uncomfortable, and we question if it's God. Usually if it's making you feel like concerned, like this sounds weird. If it's making you feel like, I'm not sure, I didn't think of that, I'm, I don't know. God's like pulling you and saying, trust me. And you're like, but I didn't plan, I didn't plan that. Exactly. Most of the things we plan don't really work out well. Just think about it. So if God is, is taking things away from you, or if you've been through a time where you're like, I don't know why this is still in me. Now I'm not talking about unforgiveness because if you have unforgiveness, you just need to let that go because the Bible says if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. That's really important, so forgive. Because it's not for you. I mean, it's not for the other person, it's for you. Okay, doesn't matter what they've done, that's a different thing. But if you have something inside of you that's still there, if you're still working through something and you're like, God, I just wanna see what you're doing in this, you need to give your trust over to him. Because God wants to be able to trust you with that thing. And he wants to use you and he wants it to be great and he wants you to do amazing things. And every single person in this room has a, a huge calling on your life. It doesn't matter if you ever hold a mic, you can reach so many more people than anyone else that ever carries a mic by the way you live your life. You know, we read stories in the Bible, but every single day your life is either proof that God works or not. And is someone gonna be able to look back on your life and go, wow, look what God did in them. Look how they trusted God. Look how God showed up for them. Or are they gonna be like, wow, they had a lot of potential. I don't wanna be a person that people are like, wow, she had a lot of potential. I wanna be a person that lays it all down and I just go, God, you know what? I'm gonna trust you. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to decide my own way. I'm just gonna get up, pick up my mat and walk. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I've never walked before. Like that guy had obviously never walked. So it was maybe a little wobbly, okay? You might not do it perfect all the time, but if you just start taking action, just like I told you in my vision, the light's gonna come on and you're gonna be able to see where God's taking you and you're gonna have enough that you're gonna be able to keep going. And God's gonna show you that whenever you give over what you can't, like we say, oh, I can't. Whatever you can't, God can. So give your can't to God and he turns it into a can. So if this is you tonight and you say, you know, either I wanna know God for the first time because I want him to work in my life and I wanna be blessed and I wanna have a great life for him and, and be used by him, I wanna pray with you. But if you're also in this room and you just say, there's some stuff that I have not been trusting God with. And I, not, I don't wanna just be in the place where, can I trust God? I want God to be able to trust me. That takes a lot of work, but you can do it because you don't have to do it in your own strength. With every person looking at me, we're just gonna raise our hand if one of those things is you. Because if you can't do it here, you're not gonna live it in the world. And this is all about action. So if you're one of those people and you say, I need to trust God more, or I wanna get to know God better, just raise your hand, don't be ashamed. That's awesome. So let's pray this together. Everybody say this with me. Say, God, I want you in my life, in my heart, in my mind. I want you to define my reality. Forgive me of any mistakes I've made. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.
And God, I just thank you for every single person who raised their hand. God, I thank you that you're showing up on their behalf. That God, you're already doing a miracle right now in their life. That they don't have to wait until Jesus shows up in the physical form. All they have to do is make the decision and the miracle happens. God, I thank you that in our responses to our situations is when revelation happens. God, when we start moving, we start seeing more. And when we start moving, we can realize that we can do it with you. That we can make things happen. God, I speak against any lies of the enemy. I speak against any plans that he has for any of these people in this room. God, I speak that only your way will happen, that only your thoughts will be in their mind, that only your reality will define them in Jesus' name. God, I speak wisdom and knowledge and understanding, divine favor with you and divine favor with men over their lives. God, I speak your working power in their life, that they would step up in the authority as a child of yours, and they would know the power that they walk with. That they would no longer shrink back and think they can't have their miracle or they can't have their future because they've messed up. But they would realize because you love them, even at their worst. God, that shows that you have great plans for us. It says in the Bible, for those that love you, God, you're going to work everything for their good. So all it takes is a stepping out saying, I want you. I love you. And God, you totally transform our life. God, you meet us where we're at. You don't need us to change right now. You just need us to be open to change. And God, in that, you do the work. So God, I pray that you would do a work right now, that you would do miracles in our life, in our health, in our body, in our emotions, and whatever situation, circumstance, or even person we think we're facing, that God, you would begin to redefine that and show us the big picture. That we would work on ourselves, the world inside of us would change, so we can change the world on the outside for you. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing tonight, and we receive this word. God, I receive this word for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Life Young Adults Podcast, located at Elevate Life Church in Frisco, Texas. Please follow us on social media at ELC underscore YA and visit us at elevatelife.com forward slash young dash adults for more information.